Welcome into the bad fan. And this is the place to hear about your favorite things from a point of view that may go against the grain of a normal fan. Today is all about the start of the English Premier League from who's coming up from the championship to who is going to finish top four for the Champions League. And becoming a bad fan is easy and made better by subscribing like today's video and clicking the bell below this one that you're always notified to see new episodes like this one from the bad fan. I'm your host Cole Carter and I'm so glad you have tuned in with us and I don't I notably don't do this thing alone so I'm joined by my good friends and yours Brandon and Steven. Fellas it's good to have you guys back. The trio is here for the first time in a while. We're talking about the Premier League all day today which has y'all feeling hype I'm assuming right? Very hype. Sort of started last week with the championship starting and um, what was it? Man City playing Liverpool in that game that doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, I felt I felt some tingliness in my, in my body. What about you, Referencing Steve? the FA Community Shield, of course. The Community it Shield. It doesn't matter. You. you know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But Yes, other than um, Sunderland walking away with a point in their first game back <laughs> in the championship. Uh, what's more exciting than the league starting this weekend? I cannot wait. I'm so excited. It feels good. And that gooch to Jack Clark, the former Tottenham boy, getting that Sunderland <laughs> goal, getting the point there. Um, but the Premier League is back. It's been only a few months, but it felt like it's been a long time, a long summer with no World Cup this summer, notably being moved to the winter. So we've been starved of quality soccer except from the euros that just finished with the women um england finally took it home over germany in extra time uh two to one what a sensational final that was but uh Mm -hmm. now it's back to the premier league once again and um some reminders from last season where we left off and we're picking up again um the big trophies that happened in england you had the carabao cup that one was between liverpool and chelsea that one went all the way to penalties and then mirrored itself once again in the FA Cup when Liverpool beat Chelsea on penalties then as well. So two really good cup finals. I was supposed to go to the FA Cup, notably uh, missed my chance because they sent a physical ticket and didn't show up in time. But, you know, it's okay. I was in London at the time and this close to going to that match, but it's that's okay. Um, so then we saw Man City. They're one of the two English teams that went far in the Champions League. They lost out. To Stevens preseason dark horse. Who are they, Steve? Oh, Real Madrid. Los Real Blancos, Madrid. baby. They're a dark horse to win Champions League. I'm telling you. The Galacticos. <laughs> so, so the Galacticos Madrid, they went over Man City six to five on aggregate. And then Liverpool also went on to lose to them in the Champions League final by a score of one to zero. Um, Brandon, you want to pick up what happened in the Europa League right there? Yeah, um, just step down below Champions League. We had West Ham, who I think we had pinned to win it once it got to the semis, from what I remember. Um, They lost, actually, in the semifinals to the eventual winners, Frankfurt, on an aggregate score of 3-1. to Um, Leicester City um, was in the Europa Conference League, which is the next step down, um, in the semifinals as well to um, Roma and... Old Jose Mourinho Jose. and Tammy hey. Abraham. Hey, <laughs> Jose, the first guys. first manager to win Champions League, Europa League, and now the Europa Conference League. My man's got a tattoo for it, so he's really committed. So <laughs> he's he's a great coach, um, and I love the little bits we get from him on after the post game interviews and stuff. So I do there's love probably Jose more of that coming. Yes, yes, there's probably more I of that coming. It. But Steve, that's that's wrapping that up. And Steve, so that's the 
kind of big cup competitions from last year. But when we talk about the Premier League, the things that went down, what did it look like towards the end of the season? Here's a little picture of what happened last season. Who went down, Steve, and what were some of the notable things to take away at the end there? Everton stayed alive, even though they didn't go down. I mean, that's the storyline here. Um, we had conversations about it. Where are they going to stay up? Where are they going to go down? It ended up being Norwich City, um, the jump in the fence specialist of Prem to the championship. <laughs> Will we see them next year? Probably. Will Timo Puki probably come into the Premier League with like 30 goals in the championship? <laughs> probably um Watford joined them um you could say that was a trip long overdue um from Elton John's club Burnley the indestructible 40 year old men with the beer bellies finally <laughs> go down the conditioning caught up um yeah some you know I thought Burnley would stay up I think we all kind of loved Sean Dyche but once he got fired didn't care so Burnley's down in the championship man and Vince Company also just took over at Burnley. So we'll see if he's the man to get them back up and if he can extend their stay in the Premier League if they have the chance to come up once again. But um, they are definitely taking a big bet on if he can make that happen or not. So um, coming from, uh, was it Antwerp? Royal Antwerp? Um, all the I way to Burnley right. is a big jump for a job. So we'll see if he can get it done in the championship and get Burnley back up to the big the big leagues. But um See, that's what it looked like last season. So we got the guys coming up. Um, Brandon, who's coming up from the championship after a, a successful run down there? A couple, uh, a couple of familiar names here. We have Fulham coming back up. Um, the American – are they are they America's team? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Sort of. In a way. <laughs> um, Fulham, we'll see if they can do it again. Uh, not do it again. Stay up this time, excuse me. Um, Bournemouth. Had a spell in the championship there, um, coming back up. They were in second in the championship. And then Nottingham Forest finished the year off in fourth, but there's a there's a playoff to come up between three, four, five, and six, which is a fun thing if you didn't know. Uh, and they won that little tournament to come up. So Nottingham Forest, um, very, very exciting stuff. I have two questions for you guys, though. The Ooh. first one being, will either of the three teams that went down come back up this next season? I can start. I think Norwich will come back up um, just off of, I think there's, it's weird. They're successful. They're really been a really successful club lately. And the championship is, it's a monster that they know full and well, and they have to be in a weird way, getting relegated into the championship coming in with a bit of swag. If you can, do that without having your tail in between your legs. I don't know. They got great players, um, great championship players, and they've haven't had issues getting promoted, especially not last two years ago. They did it with ease. Um, but Watford, I think they might be down for a little while. Ben Foster's boys might have a hard time. <laughs> and Burnley, I can see them staying in the championship for a little while as well. They call it a dog fight. Um, and I think those other two teams will stay down for a little while. I wish I had a little yo-yo for Norwich. They're going up and down, <laughs> up and down. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the thing is going to be with Burnley and Watford. I think Burnley has a better chance of coming back up more than Watford. They Watford kind of lost some pieces as well as I think Burnley 
depends on how quick they want their project to revamp up. If they want to get back to Premier League level immediately and have a big investment. Uh, but they did sell, having to sell Ben Me, um, was it Tarkovsky, and I think one more defender, and then as well um, as selling their keeper, Ben Pope. Um, and Dwight so, McNeil. Yeah, so it's, they have... And let's not uh, forget Chris Wood making the move to Newcastle in the winter. So they've had a lot of big pieces leave, which obviously like is going to be hard to come back from. So yeah, that's the thing. If if um, Vincent Company can get that team back going, I'd say probably one to two seasons in the championship, championship, and then they'll be back up in the Premier League. But um, yeah, anything can happen. Obviously, it just depends on what's happening below them. You know, is Swansea City going to start to revamp their club once again and come back to the Premier League? You know, I think they had a decent run at one point during the last season, and so. Um, Anything can happen. The, there's three spots available, and like you said, those six clubs at the end of the season, you know, have as much of a chance as anyone else. So um, anything can happen, but um, mostly, you know, focusing on beyond just where will they end up um, in the championship. But we have those clubs in its upcoming season. You know, we have Fulham and Bur- Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest. They're the ones that just came up this season. How do we see? Nottingham Forest landing in this upcoming season. Do we feel like the improvements that they're going to make with some players coming in is going to be a good run for them this year? I do um, think so. I think with Jesse Lingard, who will be crucial for them, um, he needs to play every single minute of every single game for them, I think, Um, if they're going to stay up. Um, they also signed, I think he's right back or left back Welsh, uh, Nico Williams, um, from Liverpool. Um, yeah, young kid, good player. Um, you know, and they have enough, they had some swagger at the end of last season. We'll see if that translates to this year. I pin Nottingham Forest. I think I'm the only one. I don't know. I pin Nottingham Forest at 17th. I believe that Nottingham Forest will stay up this year. Believe in the tree. Believe in the tree. Hmm. Steve, what do you think about Nottingham Forest this season? Oh, man. I think, you know, we'll talk, I'll talk a little about Jaylings later. Um, but <laughs> this, there we go. Yeah, that's um, yeah I think anytime you get promoted – and you pay a guy the highest wage your club's ever play, paid anybody in 157 years, if that doesn't work out, you're screwed. So it's an immense amount of pressure on Jesse Lingard. Um, I think he's going to be the best player on the field for them every single week, and you hope he's on the field, like Brandon was saying, that he plays every single minute. I don't think he's going to get it done, Um going from playing with Cristiano Ronaldo and Marcus <laughs> Rashford to the championship boys of Nottingham. I got them finishing at 19th and taking a quick U-turn back to the championship. Yeah. I think maybe they're looking at it like a Christian Erickson experiment with Jesse Lingard. You know, Erickson. They weren't paying Christian Erickson money though. They're paying 200,000 pounds a week. It's true. It's true. But I'm saying like, Erickson being that influential creative player, I'm maybe sure. they're thinking like, you know, Nottingham Forest has enough quality around Jesse Lingard to just do enough to keep them up for a year. But as a thing, I don't know if it's going to pay off. I think that we'll talk about it in a second. I think, you know, Fulham just has a little bit more experience, a little bit more quality. It's been what, 19 years, however long 
1999, I think, since Nottingham Forest has been in the Premier League. So I just don't know if it's going to work out for them this year. I have them finishing 18th. Um, I think just a little short of what they need to do to stay up, but it'll be definitely a magical experience for them to be back in the Premier League and hopefully an inspiration to get back up shortly thereafter. But um, I just don't think Nico Williams and Jesse Lingard are going to be enough game changers to stay in the Premier League for very long. Um, but did you have Bournemouth and Fulham both sticking up uh, for the championship? Fulham, again, one of those yo-yo teams. And Bournemouth, they had a good run for about four or five years under Eddie Howe and they got sent down at one point. So they're back up in the Premier League. Um, they finished second in the championship, and Fulham went on a tear and finished first last year. So um, what do you guys see from these two teams? <laughs> I think we all sort of have them in the same spot. Uh, Bournemouth will finish 20th. They will finish last in the Premier League this year. Um, I, would, I don't think we'll be surprised. I don't think they've made many signings. Um, let me see. Ryan Fredericks on a free from West Ham. That is their like only signing, um, or only notable one <laughs> this summer. Um, so that that sort of sort of shows you where Bournemouth is at. Um, yeah, twentieth for me. Yeah, I got them at twentieth. Don't have a ton to say. Um, I mean, congrats on them getting up. Cherries again. They had a good run under Eddie Howe. I think their stadium capacity is under 10,000. I just <laughs> no building block. I I don't know. I mean, they'll yeah. take the money gladly getting promoted and maybe they're just in the mindset of taking the money and run, get the TV money, come in, go down the championship. They just keep building. Yeah. That's also why I think Nottingham forest will stay up because they're like a, they're a giant in English football from what I understand. Yeah. They're a historic club. Um, and they deserve to be in the Premier League. And if they can squeeze out the first the first year, which I, that's why I said 17th, being hopeful, I guess. Um, I don't know. I just would like to see a, a historic club stay in the Premier League over Bournemouth, who is – Bournemouth is, like, comparable to a USL team here in the United States, to be honest. I don't um, think our viewers crazy. know what USL means, but – Yeah, um. well, look it up. <laughs> oh, sorry, a high school soccer stadium – or high school stadium. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I have them finishing 20th as well. I just don't see them competing with some of the teams above them. Um, just not enough room for growth um, coming up from the championship to compete in the Premier League this year, um, which leads us with Fulham. Fulham, that third and final team that finished first in the uh, championship, now back in the Premier League, um, signing Andres Pereira from Man United for £10 million, um, João Palinha from Sporting Lisbon for £20 million. So two decent pieces to improve their game. Mitrovic coming off of, what, 43-goal season last year. Uh, even if he does, I don't know, 18 goals in the Premier League, that'd be a really, really good year for them. That'd and be contributing crazy. at his age. <laughs> like, is Fulham, do they have the quality to stay in the Premier League or not? Yes, Fulham definitely has the quality to stay in the Premier League. I think they'll actually do it this time rather than, was it two years ago? I have them finishing 16th. Mitrovic will only score maybe 11 goals, maybe this year. Um, but their team is pretty good all around. Their head coach is, I think his name is Marco Silva, is that right? Um, he used to coach Everton. Um, so he knows the Premier League. He didn't do really well at Everton, but Everton's sort of been... Mm. Um, so I think I think they're the most ready f to stay up in the Premier League, if that makes sense. I have them finishing 16th. Yeah, Fulham. Uh, they're 
they might not be America's team now. Um, I think just based off signings, that has to be Leeds. However, this is the elder millennial America's team, all right? <laughs> and they know the prim. If this salute means anything to you, Clinton Dempsey looking at you. Uh, no, I think they can stay up. The, I think they have the quality. Mitrovic is a goal machine. Um, yeah, and they have, they have this foundation, that kind of thing that we've, that been, we've been speaking to. Um, just the building blocks, having been here, um, which I guess Bournemouth fans would be like, what the heck? We literally were in the prim for a little <laughs> while. Uh, well, you didn't uh, establish yourselves that well. Um yeah, I think they can stay up. They have the talent. They have the squad. Um, they got, do they still have big man Tim Ream in the back holding it down? They did last season. So. Yeah, Tim Ream go. playing his last season before he moves to the RPL. Um, I, I He's got a lot to play for, so I think that they'll stay up. Who's the RPL? It's a, it's a really it's a good league. They've been around for a decade. Uh, <laughs> local local thing. Uh, they still have Jetty as well. Anthony Robinson. Um, hopefully he can How continue can for, uh, yeah. to grow. But um, I have them finishing 17th. I think it just shows how hard it is to succeed in the Premier League. You look at Timo Puki and you look at Mitrovic going from scoring like 30, 40 goals in the championship to coming to the Premier League. Like, it's so hard to succeed. Um, but hopefully that can translate a little bit this year for Fulham and they can stay up. That's why I have them at 17th doing just enough um, to slide by. But um, it's not easy. It's not easy competing with these teams. And even we saw Everton, like Everton is a historical club, have been up in the Premier League for almost longer than anyone else, I believe. And they were this close to going down. So it's it's not easy. Every game counts. Every point counts. Every minute um, on the pitch matters. And so um, these three teams will definitely have to fight tooth and nail to keep their uh, status in the Premier League and to not relegate down to the championship once again. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, um, we had the Europa League Conference, sorry, the Europa Conference League uh, for the very first time, and that saw Leicester City compete in that competition. We talked about how they eventually fell to um, Roma in the semifinal against Jose Mourinho. Um, this year, I believe West Ham is going to be in the Europa Conference League. Um, they had a really good run. They went all the way to the semifinal and the Europa League, losing to eventual chance Frankfurt, as we mentioned earlier. Um, is this the place that we think they'll end up again? How are we feeling about um, West Ham's ability to compete in the Europa Conference League in that position? I think they could. Um I'm not dead set on West Ham finishing seventh again, um, which we'll get to later. So I'll save my predictions for later. But they definitely could. Definitely could. I think they're solid enough all around, and David Moyes is a great coach. So, Yeah, um, Moyes, I mean, fantastic coach. Um, for me, when I look at West Ham, Bowen is is the guy that I think – they're not to put too much pressure on the guy, but that their season rides. He makes it happen out there, dude. And when Bowen plays well, um, the team wins. And when he doesn't, they lose <laughs> or they drop points. It's that simple. Um, it's definitely in their wheelhouse to finish seventh, six, um, six being their cap. Um, and I think nine, 10 being their low. Um, within that wheelhouse, though, um, I think they would be content for another seventh place finish. Um, I'm kind of with Brandon though. I don't know if they'll get there though. I think they'll 
I don't know. Having finished in the semifinal, the Europa League, I feel like they're going to put a lot of their focus on winning the Conference League this year. So that just might be where their priority is. I can't you know, say that for sure. I'm not in the locker room, but um, I think they'll have to give a lot of their effort towards succeeding in that tournament. And we saw with Leicester last season that they just didn't have the depth. They had injuries and they faltered late. And so that's the thing West Ham's going to have to balance is do we have the depth to compete in this tournament or we're going to try and focus on getting fifth, maybe sixth if we do really well in the Premier League. So it will be interesting to see what happens with them. Um, a step above them, fifth and sixth, we had Arsenal and Man U finishing in the Europa League spots. Again, questionable question marks all around these teams. You know, Arsenal is young. Manchester United do. They have Ronaldo. Um, what do you guys have thoughts about these two teams, you know, coming into huge years for both clubs, coming off Arsenal with high expectations of moving forward and Manchester United, just how can they replace Pogba? How can they keep Ronaldo? What's going to go on with these two teams this season? Ten Hag, um, I think Man U will be surprising this year. I think they will be hanging up there in the top four maybe for a little bit. Um, I think it'll be very surprising. The whole thing with Ronaldo is sort of a mess right now. Um, I don't think he will be there come the start of the season. I don't think. Wow. Uh, I don't know where he'll be. I saw him linked with Atletico Madrid, which would maybe make sense. I don't know. I haven't really given much thought to it. But <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think they will make Champions League, though. I'll just say that. Arsenal, more poised to make Champions League, I think. They've been building over the last, I think, three years. I think Arteta's been the coach. Um, these young, like you mentioned, they're young, but they've been playing a lot of Premier League minutes together. You have Emile Smith-Rowe. You have Saka. Um, you even have, like, Nketiah off the bench. Like, you have all these these young, good players, great players. Like, Saka might start for England. <laughs> In the World Cup come November. So he's only 20 at right now, maybe 21. So it's like they they have a, a very – they have a good team. They have a very good team, I'll say. Um, and we'll see how, how they do in the Europa League this year. I think they have a good chance of winning it, to be honest. Yeah, Arsenal will be good. Um, just flat out. They're going to be a very good team this year. And – Kyle Norton, turn off your phone or streaming device. <laughs> they could finish above Tottenham, in my opinion, honestly. Like, this is a team that is very good. Again, inconsistent last year. <laughs> inconsistent last year, and they put in some insane performances. Uh, fantastic signings. Um, I mean, this Arsenal team is going to be very good, which kind of makes me excited to kind of wage war against like the top clubs of, uh, of the prim right now. I'm like, Hey, I'm tired yeah. of the man city, Liverpool, Chelsea, just it's, it's boring, you know? And so I think Arsenal and Tottenham are going to be some super fun teams this year. Um, Manchester United, not the <clears> first, um, Ronaldo's rumors to Atletico Madrid, Atletico Madrid's Galacticos for y'all out there. That means, um, like super, like wild fans um, said that if Ronaldo comes to Atletico Madrid and they win any trophies, that they will not take it. <laughs> that it's not real trophies. Um, the hate for Ronaldo runs deep from his time at Real Madrid. 
Um, there were rumors out there with the execs, but I think the fans of Atletico have spoken. That's a pretty drastic statement. And we all know Ronaldo has an ego, and it's not going <laughs> to like that. Um, I think he stays put at Man United. I'll get to that a little bit later in the podcast. But United, honestly, they're a toss-up. I don't think they could be worse than last season, honestly, which is kind of wild. I think of Sancho. I think of Rashford. Bring in Christian Eriksen. Um I mean, those are all, you could argue, three are new signings of how poorly uh, Sancho and Rashford were last season for them. Um, so I'm curious. This could be a positive year for United. And I think this five and six, I'm kind of with Brent. They might float around that top four. Um, we'll see. United's a huge question mark. Arsenal is going to be a very good football club this year. They also yeah. uh, shed a lot of dead weight, um, I think. Who, 100%. Who um Nemanja Matic Matic um the little guy in the is, midfield I always forget his is name Fred, is Fred gone no Fred's still there um, Pereira we were talking about earlier or no shoot Mata yeah Juan Mata Juan Mata he, he, re- he retired that was he had a good career yeah but he, yeah he was he was playing for Man U so uh, that sort of says yeah. it all doesn't it um yeah I think they will s- probably end up in those in and around those spots this year um but yeah sorry cole go ahead <laughs> no i think so kind of looking at the list of like transfers like bringing in gabriel jesus from man city and bringing zanchenko from man city for arsenal <laughs> is two really solid signings yeah, um is. yeah i think arsenal are gonna be a force to be reckoned with and i do agree i think they'll be competing for those top four spots again um one of these two teams will win Europa League. Um, I don't know which one it will be, but one of these two teams will win the tournament. And I think that's more or less a guarantee at this point, which if I'm a Tottenham fan and I am, that means we have to frame. win something as well. Uh, <laughs> we have to win something because Arsenal cannot win something before we win something again. True, so very true. Um, whatever that looks like, if one of them wins Europa League, Tottenham's got to win either League Cup, FA Cup, Champions League or Premier League or all four, um, whatever it's got to <laughs> <Let's> be. <see. laughs> but um, yeah, those two teams I think are going in opposite directions. I think Arsenal's going up. I think Manu is trajecting down currently as it stands. And so um, anything can happen. But some of the things that I think we could talk a bit more about are the teams that we know are solid, we know are good. And I think most search going the right direction. Man City's won back-to-back titles. Liverpool has been right there, having historical seasons along the way, just coming just short of Man City twice. Um, Chelsea are under new ownership after Roman Abramovich's connections with Russia, um, having to sell a team to Todd Bailey and his consortium um, for a record fee. Chelsea is um, starting to craft a new image for themselves, maybe. Um Coming, coming with a couple of signings like uh, Kalubalai and Raheem Sterling. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone else they might have brought in. Um, but off the top of my head, those are the two I can think of. And then Tottenham bringing in six signings already this summer um, under Antonio Conte's reign are trying to compete for top four. So those, these four teams, I think each of them have not equal chances, but each of them have things that they can ride on for title hopes and or competing for lots of trophies this season. Do you guys agree? Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. I think this will be the top four in some shape or fashion. Um, 
Yeah, the, these these four teams were great in the transfer window. Um, have great coaches. Um, probably the four best in the world, maybe, arguably. You know, so it's hard to argue uh, against these four teams for another top four finish again. Um, yeah, I mean, is it is it even fair to have Man City bring in Holland? Like, is it even fair to have that happen? No. What do you th- What do you uh, think, Steve? <laughs> uh, yes, because they haven't won the Champions League yet. That's right. Brum, 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 brum. Oh, true. And that's that's the argument, right? It's you know Pep can win the champ or the Premier League all he wants, but people want Champions League, and that's the thing he cannot do. So, does Holland bring them over the hump and bring them home a Champions League trophy? Uh, yes. I I thought they were going to win last year. Um, and they should win. They should win the tournament. Again, they are the best team in the world. Um, tournament tournament plays different. And hopefully, what is this? The tenth year in a row where everyone thinks Man City's probably going to win it. Uh, <laughs> like, can they do it? They should. They de- they definitely should. Um, not just Holland, but they also brought in Calvin Phillips from Leeds, who's England's holding midfielder or one of them. Um, good, solid player. I think unlike the wingers, like Jack Grealish, for example, um, like they take a while to bet into the team and get used to the system. Being a midfielder for Man City, very, very tough job. But, um, Calvin Phillips already playing at Leeds, who's high pace, um, very pressure heavy. I think, I think they might, he might press the right buttons and I don't know. I th- I think they have an even better chance this year to win the Champions League. Hmm. Steven, does Darwin Nunez do enough for Liverpool to get them over Man City? Short answer. Well, over City? No. Because there's a man named Erling Holland. Um, <laughs> I mean, we can't forget that, right? So uh, even Nunez for Liverpool, I mean, it's a question mark. It has to be. He's coming from Portugal, a uh, fantastic player. Um, but Liverpool lost Sadio Mane. Um, it's been a team that hasn't scored most of the goals from the striker position since I don't know when. Firmino's kind of been a luxury item. Um and Jota, I, I, it's been it's coming from Jota. It's coming from Mane. It's been coming from Salah. Like, it's never been the striker position. Which, I mean, I'm curious. Like, where's where's he gonna play? He's gonna play up the middle. How's that gonna work? Like, I don't know. Uh, definitely doesn't do the most. I still think it's a two horse race. This is a Liverpool team that could have, I wouldn't say easily, but was in real conversation of winning a quadruple, which is insane. Um, and yeah. you could argue weren't in incredibly far off of a few things fall their way um i i still think it's a two-horse race i don't think tottenham is giving any shouts i don't think chelsea manu arsenal insert team here um it's still city and liverpool and the rest of the league um as much as i want that to change which it might change this year world cup year we never know what's going to happen uh those are still the two teams to chase um klopp with a little bit of Less trophies than Pep um, since both of their times in the Prem, however, still holds that daunting Champions League trophy. Um, It's just a fantastic rivalry, and Holland coming in just makes me more excited. I think Liverpool wish that they would have had maybe one to two more signings 
going into this year. Maybe in the midfield, mm. Tottenham's Basuma is just it's we'll get to that later. I think I, I I'm most excited, honestly, about that over Richarlison um coming into Spurs. I think he would have fit in perfectly at uh Liverpool. But anyways, yeah, it's still a two horse race. Um with the rest just honestly pretty far behind still. Yeah, I mean, looking at those teams, they just still have the depth. I think that's the biggest thing maybe people are not talking about, or maybe they are, I don't know. But I think depth is what is winning trophies. Um, You know, having basically two starting 11s that can beat any team in the world is just insane, and it's hard to replicate, Um, especially, you know, Man City having the backing of an entire country's wealth is pretty hard to compete against. Liverpool Mm -hmm. obviously has done well, kind of, not grassroots, but like no, being, yeah. smart, being smart with their money initially and then now being able to splash on big players like Nunes. So um, it's been a couple of years of people trying to catch up with Man City. Liverpool got to that point, had an incredible 2020 season, and now Chelsea, um, they're starting to figure themselves out. And now Tottenham's under Antonio Conte saying, okay, we're going to open the bank big time and try and bring in some guys. And then, there's still time in the transfer window for things to happen. But again, mm-hmm. there's only so many elite players you can sign. Only only so many teams are willing to move players. So it is hard to grow. It is hard to add depth to these squads. And that's why I do agree. I think that it is going to be really hard for Chelsea and Tottenham to even come in second, really, in the Premier League. It's got to be yeah. those two horses, as you said, Stephen, that are in the race. So um, hard to say, and- but... A quick point on depth real quick, too. Brandon was just talking about Calvin Phillips, right? This is like prime example. He's coming into Manchester City. He's replacing Fabinho, right? This is a starter or... Fernandinho. Fernandinho, my bad. Fernandinho. Fabinho plays for Liverpool. Uh, Fernandinho, though. Um, this is either a first sub on the list for Gareth Southgate for the English national team or a starter. Again, he is a backup to Rodri. Like this is the yeah. kind of luxury players that are coming in as a young stud. Like the the tactical signings like that are just so far beyond that of Chelsea, uh, new top fourteen Tottenham. Um, that I honestly don't think we can comprehend like <laughs> the the good business that goes into that. And City, to, again back to your point, Cole. Like having the backing financially of literally Saudi Arabia um, to make the luxury of signings, but Liverpool like fantastic signings, spending big on Allison, spending big on these certain players. And they've just hit it on the head every time. Yeah. So, I mean, who's, who's to say Nunes won't be that same, that same thing. Um, also, also a, a reminder, which I don't know if you guys saw this, but this year, the premier league is going to five subs. Um, That's so huge. that is huge, especially for the top teams that have that depth that we're talking about. They can flip a game on its head with one sub window. Um, uh, yeah, I I agree with you, Steve. It's the it's a two horse race still. I think there can be a mix up. I think I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility because there's only eleven guys on the field at a time. Um, and Tottenham, hello, has has done a lot of great work in the transfer window this year, um, building that Champions League roster. <sighs> we'll see. We will Listen, see. I'm not saying I'm on the same pace as these Premier League athletes, but in our <laughs> Sunday league, not having substitutes and then playing against a team that can do five 
looking at you, Trey Powers, green team. Um, <laughs> it kills you. It kills you. Yeah. As a Nottingham Forest staring across, or even like an Everton or a Leicester City staring across a Manchester City subbing on Calvin Phillips, Jack Grealish. Like it's it's comical. Um, but anyways, that's the last I'll say yeah. on that. And you you play a minimum a minimum of forty games, right? You play at least thirty eight Premier League games, and then I guess you play a minimum of two cup games if you whatever and so yeah it's it's so much it's so taxing on the body so it is it is a crazy advantage for these teams um well let's run through some of those notable transfers from the teams you know we talked about arsenal bringing jesus and zinchenko what that does for them adding some depth brandon what did asavillan do in this transfer window that's going to help boost them hopefully this upcoming season under steven gerrard yeah they um signed coutinho permanently from barcelona excuse me, uh, for only 17 million pounds. Um, he was the, Compared to like the 150 that Barca spent to get him. <laughs> yeah, he was the third most, and I think still is the third most, like <laughs> highest transfer ever uh, from Liverpool to Barcelona. Um, and we just got him. I think Barcelona still holds like a 50% like transfer clause on it, but who, who cares? cares at that point? Honestly. Um, the upside of Coutinho is absolutely amazing. So we'll see. And Diego Carlos uh, from Sevilla for around 26 million pounds. Um, very strong defender, fast, um, pretty aggressive. Two-time Europa League winner, right? Yeah. So, you know, we will see. We will see. I think he's 26 as well. He's around that age, so he's he's in his prime. Um, I'm really excited to see how he how he fits in um, for the villains this year. Um, uh, Bournemouth, we said. I was gonna say, you have anything else to say about Villa? No, no. I was just gonna move on. I was gonna say, is there any any of those like mid table teams that you guys like would highlight that there's a that signing's absolutely amazing for them? Or I don't well, know. I think there's I was a gonna, couple. I in mentioned there. it. A- I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I talked about Brentford um, getting Ben Mee from Burnley on a free transfer is really good business. Um, that kind of fire sale of players wanting to leave Burnley to play Premier League football is going to help Brentford in the long run. Um, I don't really know much about Aaron Hickey from um, Bologna, but he's, again, uh, Brentford's he's a Scottish right back. I think he's like he's only twenty. He's like really sought after. So sort of cool. So Brentford has Ivan Tony still for whatever things antics he's been doing the past year <laughs> saying i don't want to be here i think he even means to talk about brentford i don't know um but they still have that attacking threat so if they can build that defense i think brentford has a chance but also they're on danger of going back down um brighton's a solid team that's been proving that they're going to stick around with Graham potter at the helm um and then crystal palace bringing the young american chris richards from Bayern munich for 10 million pounds not bad business um, but those are some of the things I've seen a little bit. And I guess the most notable for me is the lack of moves from Leicester city. Um, Brendan Rogers has been pretty much requesting a rebuild of sorts, just bringing in young talent. That's going to stick around. Yuri Tielemans has apparently been on the transfer block. You have James Madison who apparently at the right price might be out. So guys on expiring contracts might be an issue. So Leicester having no summer signings is a big question mark for me. If that they can, you know, compete for european places i don't know that's just a big thing that i am having trouble with they only you know the let's see 2020 and 2019 were competing in champions league and we're still what five or six years removed from them winning the premier league so kind of crazy um those are sort of the mid-table ones i see um, i don't know about you guys but this is what i'm kind of looking at yeah i mean <laughs> 
I gotta look at leads, right? Uh, I called them the um, Gen Z Team America <laughs> this year, right? If you will. Hey, oh, um, going all in on Ted Lasso. Uh, American coach Jesse Marsh, Brendan Aronson, the American from Salzburg over in Austria, Tyler Adams coming from Red Bull Sister Club, um, RB Leipzig. Listen. I love America. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Yeah. However, these signings as a U.S. men's national team fan, this is something that is completely foreign to these guys. I know Tyler Adams is that dude. He's the captain. Everybody loves him. Come into my office. Um, but – I don't love it from Leeds. Uh, we'll get to my predictions later. I have Leeds getting relegated this season. Um, this, really, this really feels like a Steven FIFA career mode move to get all the young American players. Dude, it does. <laughs> like it's, it's really weird, honestly. American coach coming in, you have to be aware of English media. Like this, These aren't good signings. I'm sorry. Like I, I think Brendan Aronson is a good player. I think Tyler Adams is a great player too. But these are guys coming from completely different leagues. Tyler Adams was never a guaranteed week in week out starter at Leipzig for more than like five games. That's the reality. So now he's supposed to come to the premier league and do it every single week against better talent. I I mean, I think, I mean, my man did get RB Leipzig into a champions league semifinal. Sure. Sure. You can look at one-off appearances and things. He's never consistently. Well, he, was, he, was a piece, a he was a piece, a piece, he was that. a piece. Here's a piece. Uh, I just, me personally, if I was a Leeds fan, um, uh, Jamie Lannister, I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> I don't like it. I, I, I don't like it. And I don't like Aronson coming in either. Again, fun. He's coming off the bench at Salzburg. He's making some starts here and there. But going from Rafinha and Calvin Phillips to Tyler right. Adams and Brendan Aronson, you can that's, only that's look at this. You can only look at this as a downgrade. Going from Bielsa to Jesse Marsh, you can only look at this as a downgrade. And that's why I have them going, getting relegated. I think these are poor signings. Love the players. Think they're fantastic players for the U.S. men's national team. And I think this team's getting relegated. I think it's a huge mistake. Leeds is a team that was in the relegation conversation last year. Barely, and barely stayed up. Barely. Barely stayed up. And... I don't want to say I, – I won't go as far as saying wasted, but when you're in talks about promotion, like staying up in relegation, I think they wasted $42.2 million. Um, yeah, and I think they're going to – and I think they're getting relegated. I think I'm, that's totally fair, Steve. I think I'm there with you. Again, we're not saying Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams no. are bad players by any means. They're like 23 and 24 or 22 years old or something like that. Yeah, even these are good. That. They're yeah. so young. These are good signings for a team like Brighton, you know, who sort of established themselves in the Premier League. Even Villa, like a team like that, yes. who can add like a, a depth piece or maybe a, you know a starter every now and then, like that. These guys are good players, but Leeds is going to be depending on them. And you said it perfectly, Rafinha and Calvin Phillips. And we're going to compare these two guys to them. It is not looking good. And like I said last year, Leeds is full of championship players. The only two that really are not, or or it's probably three, maybe Luke Ayling, maybe. 
Yeah. Patrick Banford, their striker, who was injured all of last year, basically. He, he's a, probably a Premier League striker. And their goalkeeper, it's Ilian Mes, Mes, Melier. Melier, he's French. Yeah. Um, like, and that is it. Even Fulham, Andres Pereira from Man United for $10 million. That's a signing. That's like, a better signing than Brendan Aronson. I'm sorry. Yes. Like, it's and you're saving twelve point two million dollars to go make another signing. Like there are holes all over Leeds, and they bought. Yeah. Again, they had to fill the holes because they sold those players. <laughs> but I, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a tough year. It's gonna be. And I, and I, and I hope I'm wrong. God, I hope yeah. I'm wrong. And if I hope I'm they wrong, start every week and kill it. But and if I'm wrong, American soccer is in such a better place just based off those two players, honestly, than yeah. I thought that I think that it is right now. But I think that's that's my rant. I'll hop off my soapbox. But that's no, no, my no. – as far as mid-table teams, those are the signings that just – they just they just don't make sense. I'm in my basement right now playing FIFA, and I'm just like, this would be, <laughs> this would be fun. Well, compare them to Everton. Compare them to Everton. Everton had a really down year as well. Are the moves that they're making – are they going to improve and stay up higher than Leeds? Like, what's going to happen with them? So Everton made two key signings this year. They might have made more, but these are the ones that I noted. James Tarkovsky on a free from Burnley and Dwight McNeil for £20 million from Burnley as well. Um, I think these are two better signings, just for the sole fact that both of them have played in the Premier League before. Um, but also, James Tarkovsky was like, might have gone I think he was like rumored he was like a 50 million dollar defender <laughs> like like he was getting not like trying to get nods for the English national team like he's like Tyrone Mings level <laughs> like sort of player <laughs> um they shore up their defense which was pretty leaky last year and Dwight yes. McNeely brings a different level to their their attack um you know, he's been around it too. So I think those two signings are better than Leeds' two signings, to be honest. I don't know if, I don't think they're better players necessarily, but for what it's worth, I think the, the veteran presence of just knowing the Premier League more, I think that makes the signings better. I don't know. And again, even if I'm wrong, even if I'm wrong about Leeds, they're still bad signings. I don't care. Like, for the information that you have, but do you think Everton you? signings are are better than theirs? Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, they're guys that have the value of players that have played in the Premier League. Again, going back to Burnley's DNA of a team. I know they got relegated, but a team that you could argue like, how are they still up here? How are they still up here? And getting players that have actually excelled in that league is and let's be, hey, huge. And also, it's, Burnley's defense wasn't the issue. It was scoring, I no, think. No, it was, was yeah, they couldn't score. And it always has been. And Leeds, you you paid for the names. You paid for the jersey sales in, this tra- in these transfer fees as well. I think you can't – I don't think these players are worth the fees that were attached to them. You see Brendan Aronson, maybe. you could We could argue on that a little bit. But you, you have to understand the pressure that comes with the captain of the United States men's national team and the signing of Brendan Aronson. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be, I tough mean, this is, a guy, this is a guy that was playing in Mercedes Benz stadium for Philadelphia union two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy. 
Meteor um, cries, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, going away from those kind of mid-table, low-table teams, um, has Man U done enough in the transfer window so far to... We talked a little bit about them earlier, but like, bringing Christian Eriksen, that's the biggest notable transfer that they've made. Is that going to be enough for them to compete this year? The only reason they will compete is because of Aaron, Eric Ten Hag. He is the best transfer, uh, even though he came in at the end of last season, I think. He's the best transfer that they have made this summer. We'll call it summer. Um, and that's the coach of Man U, by the way. Um, yeah, Christian Eriksen, great signing uh, on a free. Um, do not think he'll start. Uh, he might start uh, 25% of games, maybe, which I think would be good for him. Um, but who knows? I mean, we'll see. We will see how they do. Yeah, I mean, I think Man U. I think Man U signings are the players that have been on the team this past yeah, year. Um, Ra- it's it's Rashford and Sancho. I mean, it it, it kind of has to be right. Um, and again, Erickson's a guy that's. I mean, again, for y'all that I mean, a guy that who was pronounced dead on the field um, last June, which on is your insane. wedding day. On my on my wedding day, June twelfth, <laughs> I was in uh, the hotel my hotel room with Brandon. We're and Cole putting our tuxes on for the wedding. About to get married, and Christian Eriksen died on the field. He died, and now is now playing for Manchester for United. <laughs> it's crazy. Incredible, incredible. Um, I don't think he's going to be shocked by the atmosphere. I don't think he's going to be shocked by the atmosphere, shocked by the challenge at all, which I think is exactly what Man U needs as a player like that. Great signing, yeah. That can string some passes along on a free. It's great. Um, I think they have the talent, just sheer raw talent um, to be in that conversation. But as far as off-season signings, I would be pretty upset. Um it's more about, like you said, Cole, I think shedding the weight you said earlier, um, as opposed to actually maybe even bringing in, or Brandon, I forget which one of you said it, but uh, more so than bringing in the signings. Yeah. Well, let's look at who do y'all think had the best transfer slash the most impactful transfer. I think for me, I said a little bit earlier, I think Gabriel Jesus to Arsenal, um, having him compete with that front three of Jesus, Saka, and Martinelli, um, and then throwing in Odegaard, that's quite the dangerous quartet. And you think about Smith Rowe. Um, I think Arsenal is going to be dangerous up top. You know, it, uh, for me, you know, bringing Tomiyasu last year, I think he has a really good signing. Um, but Ben White, they spent a lot of money on Ben White, and he really didn't. I forgot about Ben all. White. <laughs> um, and then it depends. You know, if Ramsdale, he's going to be legit. So I think uh, Jesus in the day for me is going to be the most impactful transfer. Uh, maybe the one. You'll have the most eyes on him because Holland, I think, is going to be that. Um, but he could kind of come out of the shadow of what Man City was, this big monster that had so many different attacking threats. He can now be the one that can show himself like, hey, I'm actually capable of scoring goals and being the guy. Uh, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not. And that's why I think he'll be the most impactful one way or another. This is a this is a tough. I don't know if this like where this sits on best transfer or you know the most impactful. Um, but Sven Botman, who is coming coming out of Lille, uh, he's playing. He's a defender for Newcastle now. Um, was like held as like one of the best defenders in the world. Still pretty young. Um, I think that is a great transfer, especially if they're looking to build from last year. Um, 
I, I, well, we will see, we will see, but they, you know, they would give up a lot of goals. They had, what is his name? Kieran Clark, who I think they, tra- he, he left this summer, which is good uh, for them. Um, so he sort of like replaces like one of their starters. Um, I think he could probably have the most impact for Newcastle and, and, and their defense. But I also wanted to mention Gianluca Scamacca, who's an Italian striker. Um, who West Ham just played paid. I don't know if it's their record transfer for, um, but yeah, I think he is the springboard for their season. If, if he gets off and he can score, I think from everything I've read, he's a really, really good striker. If he can score 15 goals for West Ham this year and him and Bowen are firing. I mean, look, West Ham could shoot up the table. Um, I think they have good building blocks they don't have depth, unfortunately, which is weird. Um, why they didn't do more? Whoa. Um, but yeah, Gianluca Scamacca, remember the name. Uh, there's no way I remember that name. Um, but <laughs> Gianluca Scamacca. Um, <laughs> my pick uh, for the best uh, that I more so leaning into the most impactful um, transfer is Jesse Lingard. Um, he will be paid 200,000 pounds a week from Nottingham Forest, um, a price tag that West Ham deemed too high. But newly promoted championship side Nottingham Forest said that they're down to pay. Uh, but it's a one-year, yeah, it's a one-year deal. However, it makes him the most, the highest-paid player in 157 years. Uh, he's not too far removed from this great season at West Ham. Um, hopefully he can get the band back together um, with Nottingham. I think he's – the reason why I picked him most impactful is if he underperforms, Nottingham forces in the championship. And if he performs, they I, – I really do think if Jesse Lingard shows up and shows out, um, maybe provides that kind of – they have a chance. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're saying there's a chance. And the, the amount of money, Brandon, I might point to you because I think you know this. Um, the amount of money that it's worth to stay in the Premier League. And back going back way back to the start of this episode, the playoff championship game that is played in the English championship to get to the Premier League is the most financially – like most important yeah. game any team can play in the entire world. I think it's worth, I want to say a hundred in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Am I, am I yeah. totally wrong? Yeah. It's like 150, right? It changes each I- year, but yeah, basically. Yeah. And I think Nottingham forest, I think this is a signing that says if we stay up, this is worth it. Just this one year of Jesse Lingard is worth it. And if we go down, we're not stuck. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a really cool signing. Um, I think it's cool. I think it's risky, but also not risky. It's one year. Uh, so I think when I think of sink or swim, which is what Nottingham Forest will be doing this year, yeah. I, I'm very much drawn to the signing on the impactful um, side of the question. Uh, so I gotta go. I gotta go with Jay Lings. He's 29, um, not far removed from the England national team. Man, you starting 11. Um, it could be fun. I hope he really gets – there's nothing better than I think watching a player enjoy his football, and I, I hope it's – I hope he just enjoys it. I hope he just has such a fun season, and Nottingham fans buy full into it, and they stay up. Who knows? It's always fun to root for an underdog. 
This is true. Well, let's get into some predictions. Um, the big trophies that people want to be going after, like the Golden Boot, Golden Gloves, Player of the Year, Young Player of the Year, all that we're going to dive into, um, run through it. Last year in the Golden Boot race, we had Sun Hyung Min and Mo Salah both score 23 goals for the Golden Boot. Um, I'm thinking going into this one, World Cup year, y'all talked about that. Um, but really, I think this full season to develop and to grow under Antonio Conte, I think Harry Kane will find himself back with the golden boot. Um, after his teammates sharing it with Salah, I think Harry Kane will be the one that's just going to tear up the Premier League this season, and the England captain will come away with the golden boot once again. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I want to agree with you. I also want to say Salah, but I, I think Holland is going to be killing teams. Like... I th- <laughs> this is the things that we've seen him do. Like imagine him going up against Nottingham Forest or hey. respectfully Nottingham Forest. They got um, Ethan Horvath in goal, dude. Come on. You know what I'm, but you get what I'm saying? Like he could have a hat trick and like, I don't think the premier league has seen a striker like him ever. I mean, I don't know much, much history, but Holland, is, he seems like a one-on-one guy. So I'm excited for Holland. I'm excited to see him in the Premier League. I wish Mbappe would come. Mbappe, come on. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll say Holland. ASMR. I'll say Holland with 25 goals. Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm going to go with Holland. Um also, I think it's worthy to note, Man City hasn't scored its goal from striker position in a while. Um, it's been relying on its wingers, so I think they play differently this year. Um, Holland's yeah. your prototype number nine that you want. Huge, tall, fast, just... He's not incredibly flashy with his dribbling, but he's going to have the best service. It's going to be a five-star hotel the entire season, honestly. Like, this guy is just going to ball out i think he'll be scoring five goals a game four goals i mean why not <laughs> he's so he's, good dude he's on the best team in the world um uh, and i think of the golden boot it you can't not think holland um i think he wants it i think he's i think he's like a re- like a giant that's just been released onto the premier league from the bundesliga he's been trapped in captivity in dortmund and he's ready to just <laughs> destroy opponents in the prem. Um, winning mentality, fantastic culture. I think he's going to get assimilated to it, and I think he's going to kill it. Um, yeah, I, I love say. Oh, go ahead. Go. Ahead. I was just going to say, even if he starts slow, because you know there might be an adjustment period. Yeah. I still think he'll still be. Doesn't up matter. In the race. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it'll matter. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it'll matter. And I mean, I have to also go on par with Cole and I are Tottenham fans, you know, and. Whatever Cole says about Tottenham, I have to think the opposite of. So <laughs> I, you know, Harry Kane's probably going to score two goals this year, but you know, he'll be up there. He'll be up there he'll, as well. He'll, he'll be, be Salah, well. Kane, and Holland probably, and maybe Sonny. We'll see. But um, yeah, one of those three, I think, will win it. I changed my answer. Mitrovic, Golden Boot. Um, <laughs> you didn't say 18 goals. I'm not going to let you forget that. <laughs> hey, you know, you someone's got to score. Someone's got to score. Uh, most assists last year went to Mosawa, 13. I think this is an easier one for me. I just think Kevin De Bruyne, especially if he's feeding into Holland, 
is going to walk away with the most assists in the Premier League. And I think not that long ago, did he have like 18 assists two years ago or something like that? Something, something crazy. Stupid, yeah. He had and a lot of goals last year too. And he also missed a sizable amount of time this year. So I feel like a full season with um, Erling Holland is going to see Kevin De Bruyne just continue to ball out and prove why he is the best at sending balls into the box. Just incredible delivery. I completely agree and don't want to say anything else. Only Perfect. reason why I don't say De Bruyne is, like you said, the injuries. He's getting a little bit up there. He's still young in age. However, um, that's that's my only reason why I'm not picking De Bruyne. Um, fantastic choice. I'm going with Trent Alexander-Arnold. He had 12 assists last year. Um, playing in a fantastic Liverpool team. They play out of their wingbacks. That's just what they do. Mm-hmm. It's what they do. They play out of the wingbacks. They service the wingers. They score goals. That's just how it happens. Um, Trent, you could argue, had a down year last year, too. Even faced some scrutiny. Still finished with 12 assists. Uh, so I'm going with Trent, um, partly just to be different, change it up a little bit, and hopefully De Bruyne stays on the field. It's best for the game of football. But if he doesn't, um, I think Trent's that next man up. All right, that's fair from you. Golden Gloves last year was shared between Ederson and Allison with 20 clean sheets each. I'm not changing anything. I'm going with Ederson just because I think, I don't know, I guess. Man the emoticon can... tattoo on his neck. <laughs> yeah. No, I think he <laughs> just has overall a better control over games, I would say. Um, I, just, I think they're really solid. I think Ruben Diaz is really good to have in front of him. Uh, obviously, you have Van Dyke in front of Allison, but I think just overall, Man City has just a bit more of an edge for Edison to take sole control of the Golden Gloves. Yeah, it's between these two guys, I believe. I'll say Edison. Yeah. Battle of the Brazilians. Um, yeah, I'm going to say Allison. Again, same shot as Trent. want to be a little bit different because I'm, I'm special. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to go with Allison. Um Fantastic keepers could be Ederson, Allison. I don't think there's anybody else really in that discussion. Um, yeah, again, two horse race, two horse race for the keepers as well. Solid, solid keepers. Two of the best in the world. The MVP slash Player of the Year, um, always a hotly uh, contested thing. And to be honest, I think last year was a a big joke. To be honest, having no Sunny and talk of that at all was criminal my guy had an incredible year he scored more more goals from open play than anyone else and didn't even make this final list so um having him not on there was pretty upsetting so i don't think he'll be on it this year as far as like winning it i think kevin again is going to take it if he stays healthy um just his ability to control games to change games to score goals to assist goals um he is just the overall I think best player in the premier league and is why I will give him the award this year for player of the year. Yeah. Sala won it last year, but I feel like it's always between Sala and Kevin. Um, wouldn't be surprised if it was, it was one of them again, I'll go with Sala this year. Um, yeah, I just don't really know who else could, could really take it. Um, and I definitely could see if, if Holland and De Bruyne get that connection, Lord have mercy. They're about to run away. Okay. So here's my here's my preface into my answer. <laughs> All right. Most valuable player. Um 
I think of a late goal in the Champions League against Atalanta. I think of a guy that you can always rely on to get it done. I'm thinking of Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, the guy that is leaving games at halftime for his current club. That's the guy I'm going with. That's my dark horse wow. this year. The Real Madrid <laughs> of this season of my pick is Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, no, I mean, that's that's the guy. That's the guy that's done it his whole career. He's too much of a competitor. If he doesn't move, which I don't think he's going to move from me and you, um, I think he's going to score goals. It's just yeah. who he is. 23 goals last season. 23. In all competitions. All on one of the worst Manchester United teams, I mean, I've I've seen in a while. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't see why not. Um, I don't think he's passed his best yet. He's done nothing to show that. Um, I think people have continuously wanted to write him off in his career. Um, and I think a valuable player, this might be me skewing it more towards valuable to the club or whatever it is, but I think re- like – the success of Ronaldo is the success of Manchester United. That's the state they're in right now, in my in my opinion. That's it. That's their guy. Um, and I think he goes out this year, and I would not be surprised at all if he scores 25 goals. Wow. That's so Do you think goals. he's winning the golden boot? He, he did come in third last year, I think, with like 17 or 18 in the league. I think of, oh. of Jaden Sancho over mm-hmm. here. And I think of Marcus Rashford over here. Two players that did not exist for Manchester United last year on the wings, providing service. This is obviously if everything goes right. Um, again, De Bruyne, not a bad shot at all, or Salah. Um, but that's my hot take. That's my dark horse, baby. Cristiano Ronaldo, if you're looking, Suey. And, and here's wow. the thing about, about your takes. I will agree with you until they're wrong because of what you have shown me. I mean, literally, you called Real Madrid before the season started last year. You did. And you've done it multiple times. You've done it in the MLS, as we've shown with our Fast Five. You've done it endlessly, it seems like. So if I'm, if I'm putting money, I'm putting money on that right there. You're going to make me blush on stream. Stop it. <laughs> I love Steven. Um, oh my god, stop, stop. <laughs> well, the young player of the year, what does that look like for you guys? Yeah, I was just gonna say Phil Foden won it last year. I think it's the second year in a row. He beat out Connor Gallagher, Reese James, Jacob Ramsey from Villa, um, Bakayo Saka, and Emil Smith Rowe, both from Arsenal. <sighs> I think it'll be Saka this year, actually. And Saka did have, <laughs> um, more goals and assists than Phil last year. But I think just Phil was probably just an overall better player, you know, only playing, I think about 60% of minutes or more Saka, swag think, too. played like all year. Oh yeah. Way more swag. I love his eyebrow like cuts that he, that he does <laughs> there, dude. Oh my God. Wow. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say Saka will do it this year and he will be Arsenal's best player. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I, I mean, you make fit, you make great points, and I think it's honestly between these two players. I just personally don't know how it can't be Erling Holland. Um, Erling Holland, how old is he? Is twenty twenty one? I think or twenty. I think he's, I think he's twenty one. He's got the baby. 
21 <laughs> years old. 21 years old, he can beat my dad in an arm wrestling competition, <laughs> but not lefty. I still got my money on Matt Curl. Um, no, I mean, he's that dude. Uh, the intensity he plays with. Uh, even during the COVID lockdown stuff, this guy is screaming on the field from winning a corner. Uh, there's a kind of a viral clip out there. I don't know if, yeah, YouTube have probably seen it where he kicks the guy, kicks the ball against the guy, goes out for a corner and just screams <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and just a rage with nobody in the stands. This is a man <laughs> that is hungry. Um, yeah, I think Holland will win the young player of the year. Um, I think he'll win the golden boot as well. Uh, but anyways, yeah, yeah Erling if, Holland, if, enough said. I think we've talked about him enough. Yeah, if he's anywhere near the Golden Boot, he'll win the Young Player of the Year. That's yeah. without a doubt for me. Uh, but let's get into the league predictions. This will be sort Ooh. of a, a broken up way of how we see the league playing out. Um, I think we'll kind of go through European places, bottom three, and then top four will be how we do it on this show today. Um, we'll begin here with the Europa Conference League. Who's finishing seventh? I have West Ham. Brandon, who you got? Let's go through this real quick. I guess this is sort of a uh, a hot take, maybe? I think Aston Villa will come in seventh and be back in Europe for the Europa Conference League. I'm very, very hopeful, um, but ready for my heart to be let down, of course. Um, yeah, Aston Villa. I'm changing my wow. answer from West Ham to Aston Villa. I'm feeling emotional. <laughs> I'm feeling emotional. I watched that championship game where y'all lost on your laptop on that chair to Fulham. Mm-hmm. We, you've yep. been in the ride for a while, and I resonate with you. Oh I think Villa's I'm building on something special, and I think that they're competing. Sorry, I'm <laughs> screaming for the Europa <laughs> Conference League. Wow. Let's go. All right, Europa League, 6th and 5th. I'm actually going to swap my answers, what I wrote down. I'm going to have Man U finishing 6th and Arsenal finishing 5th. Um, just thinking about, I think, depending on what Arsenal's defense does, I think their offense will propel them to 5th. And Man U, depending if Cristiano Ronaldo sticks around, may fall to 6th. just depends. But those two teams will definitely for sure be my Europa League teams finishing it in this 2022-2023 season. Mine as well, but I think Arsenal will finish 6th still. Uh, Man U will finish fifth. It'll be surprising to everybody once Eric Ten Hag gets his footing. Um, but Arsenal, again, could easily finish in the top four, I think. not Maybe not easily, but you know, if they if they work out some of those inconsistencies that they had last year with those bad run of, runs of form, they're just consistent throughout the whole year. We're looking at a good Arsenal team. I'm going to go with Manchester United finishing in sixth place, the sexiest-looking sixth-place team we've ever seen. Um, <laughs> and then fifth place, I got Arsenal, like I said, could finish above Tottenham. I think this team's good. I think they're very good. I think they're dangerous. And again, Kyle Norton, uh, just shut up. All right, I, I am scared, but not of you. But, um, yeah, Arsenal looks good. <laughs> um, let me think. Let's do, let's do the bottom three real quick. Um, yeah. For me, oh. I have I have Bournemouth finishing 20th. I just don't think they have a Premier League squad. Um, my shocking team, I don't know, maybe it's not. I have Brentford finishing 19th. Uh, I think that their experience in the Premier League last season and this season will be awesome and potentially something to build off of. But again, I just don't think compared to other teams that they'll have the depth to compete um, after the Premier League this season. And I have Nottingham Formis again. Nottingham Forest finishing 18th. Uh, these squads just don't have enough to 
um, go deep into a season. The depth, they don't have the talent. Honestly, you know, Brentford, none, no one that's really a star player that can control the game. Not again, Formers hey, has man. Jesse Lingard. But again, I just don't see a lot of takeover ability from these three teams. And I have them going down the championship and being relegated. I agree with 20th. I think we all do. Bournemouth, they are going straight back down. Um, and I'm going to change this order because I think Leeds United will finish 19th this year. Wow. I think I they are that bad of a, of a team. Um, wow. You know, Ellen Road, the stadium, their fans, absolutely world-class. Um, but you can only play off of that for so long, as we saw last year nearly going down and they did not get any better. In fact, they got worse. Um, so they are going to sit at 18th. And I also agree that Brentford, Brentford will have second season syndrome. They will be going down Stop. in 18. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately the bees stop. Oh no. Um, I love Brentford Moneyball. Um, I know you didn't ask me for this, but I think they're going to finish 16th. Um, <laughs> I got Bournemouth and 20th going down. Nottingham Forest. Keep having earthquakes over here. Uh, J- Jay Lings. Um, just on the sole factor of them putting all, basically their whole season on Jesse Lingard. Hey, he can really rock down to the championship. <laughs> Yeah, I think he'll Millie Rock down, and hopefully he'll join Tottenham as a bench player next year. Um, but, yeah, I think Nottingham Forest goes down. I have them at 19, and then not to go back on my Leeds rant. I'm not going to do that, but Leeds finishing 18th. I really think them finishing 18th is going to be a heartbreaker. But I, I will be sh- I'll be shocked if Leeds doesn't get relegated this year. That's fair. That'd- that's, and then I'll buy. Uh, then I'll buy seven USA jerseys, wow. and we'll start. And we'll start a USMNT only uh, <laughs> podcast after that happens. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, maybe the moment people have been waiting for our top four wow. slash Champions League picks for this season. I'll begin. I'm going to go in fourth place with Chelsea FC. The Blues. I have them finishing fourth. Um, just. I still have questions about their attacking threat. Um, Having Lukaku just not exist. And now Timo Werner apparently being on his way out, maybe back to Leipzig. I just don't know what they can do. You have Raheem Sterling coming in. You have Mason Mount coming off an incredible season. Christian Pulisic's back. Uh, Ziyech, I don't know if he's sticking. He might be sticking around. I don't know if it was him or Mars that signed a contract extension. Um, But I just think there's a little bit of questions about their attacking threat and what they'll look like structure-wise. But you bring in Kalubala, you have Thiago Silva probably playing his last season on the high level, I would imagine. Uh, maybe he surprised me. Um, getting Ben Chilwell back healthy will be really huge for their defense. And then Reese James fighting for that right-back spot in the English team, which has a dozen right-backs, apparently. Um and Edward Mendy being a pretty solid keeper. So Chelsea has a really good eleven, and yeah. Angola Conte riding his bike to practice will only bring up team morale. But I do have them finishing fourth because that means Tottenham has to jump them to get into third. I think Antonio Conte has been working really hard this summer, bringing some solid players like Izbusima, um, bringing Devon Perisic on a free from Inter, um, and then just continuing to work with Sonny, uh, Harry Kane, and then having Dejan Kulusevski. Um, continuing to getting mold into his system, I think will be a really good thing for Tottenham. Um, Tottenham will not finish above Chelsea if their wingbacks don't produce and stay healthy. 
um, what it looks like to have Jed Spence on the team, um, if Emerson Royale and Matt Doherty can contribute, and what um, Perisic and Sessegnon can do on the wings will determine Tottenham's season, I believe. Yep. Um, because you have Eric Dyer and Christian Romero have become two of the best duos at center backs in the league, I believe. Um, and a healthy Ben Davies is a solid option to have in that back five. And so I just think Tottenham has the talent. It's just a matter of being consistent and um, doing what they can under Antonio Conte to finish top three and to compete um, one-on-one with Chelsea. I think those games will determine uh, their, I guess, finish, right? So I think if Tottenham can beat Chelsea twice this year, then they'll finish above them. If not, they might be within a point of each other, which then the top two, the race at the top is just still – too much for Liverpool to overcome. I had them finishing second in Man City win the league for the third time in a row. The addition of Erling Holling, Calvin Phillips, um, and just honestly, just having Guardiola at the top, uh, uh, sorry, at the helm of the squad is just um, too much for Liverpool to overcome. I think Man City will win the Premier League. I don't think they will win the Champions League. They will probably win the League Cup because that's just what they do. Um, but I have Tottenham winning the FA Cup. And, um, yeah, three in a row for Man City. That's how I see it unfolding. Um, that's my prediction. Brandon, what's yours? Woo! Um, mine's the exact same as yours. Ta-da! Um, wow. I think, I think Chelsea will come in fourth. They Tottenham almost caught up to them at the end of the year last year. Chelsea was in awful form. I can see them not starting the year well. Um, they don't have a striker. Um, I th- they have a great coach still, but even then, they like they were still so shaky at the end of last season. If they don't start off hot, Chelsea might be in a little bit of trouble with the likes of Arsenal and uh, who knows, Man U. We'll see what what that turns into. Um, could be surprising, but yeah, I think Chelsea will will finish fourth. I think Tottenham has been way better in the transfer window. Um, I think they have a better coach. I like Antonio Conte more. Um, yeah, hot take, and I guess you. I think we, I don't know if we're gonna get this. My hot take is Tottenham will make the semifinals of the Champions League. They are <laughs> built for Champions League football, I believe. Um, so that is my dark horse hot take of the year. And if you make the semifinals, you can win the whole thing. Um, but then for me, it's Liverpool, um, Liverpool and Man City again. Like it's a two horse race. Um, Man City will win the quadruple this year. <laughs> That's they not can't. your hot take. <laughs> no, they won just three. Some, just some, <laughs> just some light, light, light predictions from my fellow colleagues here. Um, I'll come. Uh, I'll go from the top down. Actually, this time, Man City's winning the league. Uh, I don't need to talk that much about that. Uh, Liverpool only one point behind last year. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if they win, even though I just contradicted myself. It's hard to um, win three years in a row. That's also, I, I didn't really think about that. It's hard to win three years hard. in a row. Pep Guardiola has to be writing in his diary every night. Dear diary, didn't win Champions League again. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that might be a, the Champions episode. On, probably. Uh, this year. On report. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Man City, though, one. I got Liverpool, two. Two-horse race. Um, you know, you could interchange those teams domestically for the Premier League, um, but I wouldn't be too shocked. Um, 
And then third, I actually have Chelsea finishing above Tottenham. I think they had a very bad year last year um, with a lot of inconsistency. And I think they have a lot of talent. Um, Christian Pulisic going bleach blonde baby, <laughs> trying to disguise himself as a starting 11 player to Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> um, hopefully it works out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea, God forbid they find form and they make all these attacking players work. And if they do, watch out. Uh, not to mention Reese James, Kalubali, um, Aspilicueta is still a Chelsea player um, as well. Um, ben Chilwell, Mendy, um, my main man, Keppa. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's a solid team. And to it be is. fair, okay. also to throw out, Angola Conte had a bad year last year. He had yeah. a really bad year, um, to, uh, statistically. I uh, won't get into that, but they that guy shows Still have Jorginho, Kovacic. That midfield's looking not bad. Um, I think Chelsea's a great team. Um, I mentioned earlier about Arsenal flirting to finish above Tottenham. I wouldn't be surprised, but I'll go on the angel side of my shoulder and go Tottenham finishing fourth. Um, don't think Sun's going to score as many goals this year. Um, but I think Kane will score more than he did last year as well. But Tottenham's got a good team. We got the Matt Italian at the helm. Um, we're sinking with them or we're sailing with them. And it looks like we got uh, sales going full force. So I'm pretty excited for Tottenham this year. Um, maybe not as ambitious as a uh, semifinal of the Champions League, but hey, <laughs> as a Tottenham fan, you just you just kind of get tossed around. You got to have like loose bones. So you're kind of going here one way, your club's collapsing, or here one way, you could win the league, right? So um, <laughs> Tottenham finishing fourth. Wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal finishes fourth. But yeah, that's my top four predictions. Amazing, amazing. And I'll try and flash something on the screen at some point so you can see our full list of where we think everyone's going to finish. But now we'll kind of finish on a light note. Our favorite kits from this upcoming season, uh, top three maybe from Ooh. each of us, um, what we think, where they'll land. For me, I'm just thinking about some teams that have been pretty solid uh, you know, for a while with their kids. And I think of um, Man U generally have some – clean kits um i think leeds has been really simple recently but i think the team that really killed it this year has been manchester city um for me seeing this home kit i just love how classic it looks the maroon look around with the rings um playing mm. it with the baby blue is just a really good look in my opinion um if i wasn't gonna go with that one well guess what i have up my sleeve because it is <laughs> I don't know. Another Man City kit. It's the away, <laughs> the red and the black is just so sick. I think it looks great. Oh, um, punch Phil Foden in the face. <laughs> yeah, he does look like a bit of a... Um, no, but I think, I really think it was a home run. I think they killed it this season with those kits. Um, really looking clean. I'm a, definitely a good like duo to have in your kit lineup. Um, and then the third one... If I'm thinking about clean kits, classic kits, um, Manchester United, historically, we've had some awesome ones. And this one's sort of a throwback to it. Uh, but having the collar kit, that little kind of triangle design, um, the black accents, it's just so clean. Um, and then the cool, like, I think old-fashioned kind of badge for them is pretty sick. So for me, that's my top three. Um, unfortunately, that has to come from Manchester teams. 
Uh, a lot of people would say the kit that I'm wearing from Tottenham that looks like a scuba suit would be the worst one of the season. It's growing on me. I like it. Um, <laughs> but, hey, you know, people have different opinions. Um, but for you guys, what have been the kits of the season that you guys have sort of grown to like? I completely agree with those home kits from Man U and Man City. I don't know if, if I had to choose one. Probably the Man U edges the Man City one out just a barely, but those are so beautiful. Um, Villa doesn't make this list for me, unfortunately. Um, switching over to Castore, Castor, I don't know. Um, the light blue kit is pretty, but yeah, just just really plain Jane. Uh, my favorite away kit this year is Liverpool's. Um, it's so gorgeous. Do you have a picture? Oh. That's awesome. Sort of like the galaxy thing that Tottenham did last year, but like the opposite, like like a white, like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's supposed to, it's, it's supposed to do something with think like whatever Liverpool music, like it's supposed to be like sound waves or something like that. I think lip service. Right. Of course. Yeah. But the designer, you know, lip service is that what it's supposed to be? I guess it's clean. I think it's a really unique look. Pretty. I think it's gorgeous, um, and it looks good. I saw Van Dyke wearing it. You can see Bobby there wearing it. Um, and then for my the third kit or alternate kit, Leicester City dropped dropped a kit recently, and I think it is so gorgeous. I'd wear it to a wedding. Um, <laughs> wow! <laughs> it I love the colors. It just looks classy. Um. Yeah, and it's just something a little different. Um, huge fan of that, um, Trey. If you're if you're watching, I I recommend buying a, a Vardy um, third kit this year. <laughs> it might be the last chance you get to have a it Vardy might be kit. The last chance. <laughs> what about you, Steve? Oh yeah, I'll start with Manchester United. Cole's already flashed it on the screen. I'm a big fan of the classic, the triangles on the collar. Uh, almost as big a fan as the hand model displaying the jersey. It just looks nice. <laughs> Returning to the basics. Um, and then I'm gonna go with I don't know. If, I hope we have a graphic for it. Uh, the Southampton Zelda the Wind Waker jersey. There it is. <laughs> looks great. Looks, um, looks great for a team that's in the conversation to get relegated this year. But we won't go into that. <laughs> Shea Adams daunting it, looking good. Um, yeah, big fan of the waves. You know, life's a wave. Just ride it, right? Oh, and yeah, third's going to be a back shot to Brandon's pick. Uh, Lindsay Lester city um, looking like a Jersey. I could wear with the Atlanta United logo on it. Um, That's just clean. That's just real clean. Um, Yeah. Those are my shouts for the, for the favorite jerseys and whatnot. Um, Southampton. I like it being different. Man, you return to the classics. You better hope Ronaldo plays two halves for you this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Well, hey, that's been a full episode. This has been, I think, our longest episode we've done. Um, oh, it feels so good, though. Welcome. Welcome to the end. That was yeah, a full one, a Premier League preview for 2022 to 2023. Um, all the teams, all the transfers, the kits, everything involved, the coaches, what you're going to need to know about the upcoming premier league season 
Um, it's shaping up to be a competitive one. We're hoping more than the mm-hmm. past couple of years. You know, we talked about the two horse race, but talking a lot about the potential from these teams that are building, you know, young squads, teams that want to compete for trophies um, beyond just these two that want to fight um, for them. So exciting, exciting time to be a football fan, exciting time to be a soccer fan, whatever way you're coming from the pond. Um, it's exciting just to have the premier league back. And I uh, know the three of us will be watching opening weekend with all of you, hopefully as well, viewers, um, mm-hmm. first game between, is it Arsenal and palace? Um, yep. I want to say Friday. on Friday morning and then Saturday with the full slate of games, it's going to be awesome. So thank you the listener for listening with us and watching a log on YouTube. Not about wraps things up today on the bad fan. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed today's time together. Get a thumbs up if you did. It really helps us out a lot. It only takes a second of your time, and it's free. Um, so subscribe if you're not already a bad fan. Get involved with the comments. Let us know your predictions. Who do you have winning the Premier League? Who is the best signing? What's your hot take? We really do want to know. We will reply. We promise if you make that decision as well. Um, get interacting with us on Twitter or on Instagram. The link tree to those places is down below in the description. You can find it if you want to find it. Uh, well, thanks again for joining us. All of us here at The Bad Fan, Brandon, Steven, and myself. Hope you have a great day. Have a great opening Premier League weekend. We'll see you in the next one. Until then, enjoy some soccer and peace out.